hour. We're Can not Messier live. pull off an improbable double hat trick of both the U.S. and Canadian Triple Crowns now that he's out of the penalty box? Will Epicenter enact revenge on Call Me Midnight in the Louisiana Derby, or will we see an after-shocking result once again? Can low South Uturity winners slow down Andy, speed things up again in the Sunland Derby, or will a shared belief among clowns land jungle racing straight up G in the run for the roses? We'll find the answers when the happy hour starts right now. All right, welcome to the the last March edition of the no. There's 31 days in March. <laughs> Come on, Mike. I'm, I'm there. I'm excited because we have a hundred point races. I'm Mike Indolfo. I am joined by the illustrious Louis Rebeau. This is the horse racing happy hour. Did I not say that? No. No. You and went into the races. Yeah, I don't know where you are this week. Oh, man. <laughs> Just hey, go right into I'm, it. I'm watching basketball. So there That's you go. True. There it That's is. True. That's true. You only have here. Uh, you want some live play-by-play right now? What's going on? No. Yeah. no. All right, then let's talk Baffert. If you don't want to talk basketball, let's talk Baffert. <laughs> Which one do you want to talk? You want to talk basketball or you want to talk Baffert? Which one do you want to go with? Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, so fun. Yeah. Well, Louie, you'll talk Baffert. Sure. We had some, some news today. Yeah. We'll go straight to that? Yeah, yeah. Did you we're introduce playing, Megan? We're playing the hits. That we're playing the hits. Also, JD's here. I don't know. Like, just this is JD's here. The producer. He's back from Cabo. JD, how yep. was it? It was just okay. I mean, I don't want to brag, so we'll just say it was okay. Okay. Half the purpose of That's the show. What the show's about <laughs> humble brags is what it's about. Yeah, That's what right. it's about. Exactly. Humble brags. Yeah. Well, cheers, right. everybody. Uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. That is the rule of the show. For people that haven't tuned in before, we have many rules of the show that we have not recorded, um, which is very on brand for this entire uh, show. But uh, yeah, so drink when you see those hashtags come up if you're watching us. And if you were just listening, surely we will call them out for you there. And uh, don't, you will. don't do that while you're driving. Don't drink yeah. and drive? Yes, that's right. Don't drink and drive. Yeah, that's correct. So I've had an interesting week because, you know, as we were going off the air last week, uh, Kentucky was... Ended up losing, which you and I watched until overtime started. And I said, man, I got to get home. Yeah, you got out. I I ruined it, I think, probably. I started throwing (laughs) stuff. I'm sure. Oh, boy. Oh, it was. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm just overly just disappointed with the SEC in general. And I've not been the biggest Cal supporter the last four or five years. So I'm I'm a guy. And Louie will tell you this. I've been up front about it. Like, I don't I I want giving somebody a lifetime contract is the biggest mistake ever. And I've. I just mm-hmm. think it's the same thing over and over again. But uh, so now that's enough basketball talk. Let's talk Baffert. So, Louie, uh, <laughs> you want to tell the listeners kind of what happened today with Bob Baffert? Yeah. So we've kind of had an inkling of this. Um, frankly, a little off the record. I think some of us knew this was coming essentially on Monday. And then uh, news kind of broke today of a couple of the horses moving out of the Baffert barns, technically to uh, to Bob's previous uh, assistant, Bob uh Tim Yachting, excuse me, and uh, Bob Yachting, and, uh, and one to Rodolphe Brisset, who was the actual winner of the um, the winner the race up at Golden Gate. That's the the El Camino Real Derby, and so I thought that one might actually stay, just as to, like to have a chance to like go straight to the Preakness. But I guess they they have other ideas, which hey, um, do what you got to do. That horse is nominated for the Jeff Ruby Stakes, for example. So obviously, there's a thought that synthetic to synthetic, maybe a path to the Derby. So uh, I think all of us expected this at least somewhat to happen because I don't know that you could look at Messier and watch his performances and think, you know what? We'll just Let's wait, for, we'll wait yeah. for Saratoga. Like, yeah, yeah. like it's no. just right. not, not a Travers. reasonable thing to do. Right. Exactly. And so it's just um, not a reasonable thing to do. I think not with this crop, uh, not with how just even everybody is. I right? think the ownership too has looked at who's running in other part of the other parts of the country and not seen 10 great horses, maybe seen two or three that have been really good. And, and, too much of an opportunity, I think, for them to move to someone like Tim Yachtin, who, by the way, isn't um, isn't the largest outfit, but does have grade one winners in his past. And so um, it's not like he hasn't been at the highest level with horses before. So uh, well, listen, I, I, if I want to know about California trainers, I'm going to I want to know what Megan <laughs> thinks. Not really, you know, what 
The S- look, if this is sustainable, you're down. No, uh, I mean, I, Louis, Louis, right about that. But I, I would argue to say that it's kind of like that every year. I don't know that there's ten good horses, you know, anywhere in the country, at least in the past couple of years. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you right now, if you're not watching on Spotify, you need to be watching. You're on missing out, yes, honestly. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's also we talked about it on another show. It's a stallion making race. I mean, this there there are huge things at risk here or up for grabs, I guess you can say, <laughs> um, for these horses, for these young colts. So I, I mean, you have to just on an investment alone take the chance at doing that. So absolutely, I I agree there. And yeah, I mean, Tim Yakin, I think he's a very good horseman. Um, he was an assistant for Bob Baffert, his wife. Um, Millie Ball or Camilla Yachtin, uh galloped for Bob. I think that's where they met. So they're a horse racing family through and through. Obviously, she does some work with XBTV and previously with um, horse racing TV. But um, I feel like I, I, you know, I think he's a good horseman. I don't know that he gets the best stock all the time. So it, I don't think it's fair to like, you know, it's not apples to apples, right, with conditioners. But I remember him being a pretty good turf trainer, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a good horseman, and obviously worked for Bob. So, but I mean, he got that it, experience. I mean, he's really just—he's like, been out is, on his own, by the way, many many years. Not yeah, like but this is kind of like a coach getting thrown out, right? This is like a coach getting thrown out, and you're just trying not to mess up what the coach has already done. This is like Chris Mack getting suspended for six games at the beginning of the year. Like, I mean, yes and no. But they also set. they also have their not really though. There's still a lot that can happen. They each have their own programs too. I mean plenty of guys have worked for a variety of trainers and they go out on their own and they have different stock. They're better in different types of races. They're not as good, whatever. So, I mean, he's been out of his own long enough. He's established his own program very so, much. So, so you don't think that Bob like gave him like a training uh, program to take him all the way to the first Saturday in May. And like, basically this is exactly what you just follow this and you just go with it. Yeah. But it also, it, it matters in the way that, so is he going to, is his exercise rider going to come over too and, and go with Tim? Like it's not yes. the exact same. So many, so many things change. It's not like all of Bob's riders are going to go with all of those horses. So you have the exact same plan, exact same rider every day, exact same everything. So much of it changes and so much of it is so individualized and so personal to the trainer that I don't know. I maybe sure, but I think it's so different. All right. Well, like, like, Louis, how much if if he wins the his first Kentucky Derby with Messier? Can, can I just say one thing? Also, yeah. even just like the feed program too. Like everybody has different supplements they use, or different feed they use, or different you know ideologies that they go by. So I just it's so granular. But those things with animals and with horses, especially with thoroughbreds, have such a great effect. Like I gave one of my goats alfalfa pellets instead of the other pellets other hay pellets that I was giving them and like the world exploded. So it's just the like little tiny changes made are such a big deal to these animals. I don't think it means changing. If I had to guess, nothing's changing. Not for something like Messi, maybe for uh, the El Camino Royal. Well, yeah, I was going to say you're, t- you're talking about different levels of horses too, right. frankly. I mean, Messier I'm is talking about Messier. a beast. I mean, yeah, yeah he's his whole yeah. thing. So. And, and, and I said it in jest kind of in the open, but I mean, Messier, the, the world's Messier's oyster right now. I mean, to have, the you know the U.S. Triple Crown Trail, and as a right. backup, being like right now, if they had advanced wagering for the Queen's Plate, I mean that horse oh. would mm-hmm. be three to five because Agreed. there's right. still advanced that run there for the purse and for the prestige and being able to enter in both. So I think it's it's one thing for Messier, but you look at like Doppelganger, uh, McLaren Vale. Obviously, there's going to be some plans there. Um, Blackadder, obviously, you know, yep. already in the Preakness, but where do they go next? I mean, obviously, I think Jeff Ruby would be the where you, where you think, but you know, obviously, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see where those decisions lie and and how they how they choose to uh, go with the path for those other horses. I can't figure mm-hmm. out who Doppelganger looks like. Um, so, <laughs> not a good dad joke. Louis Hashtag dad joke. Drink. No, oh, man, JD you, had it ready. You have to drink, <laughs> but I. That's, Solid. Mike just wanted to drink. Keep going. Yeah. Louis. So I'm going to go back. Tim Yachting wins the Derby with uh, with Messi. How much credit is he going to get for when winning the Derby? He's the Derby winner. I, look, it, lots of lots of smaller trainers have had once in a lifetime horses. Sure. Mind that bird comes through. You don't like throw him under for not not being a, a wildly successful Grade One or having a huge barn or something. That 
whatever. I, I, I he's the winner for sure. All right, that's all I look at at least. I say no. I mean, he's the winner on the trophy. You know, he's tubby. I, I think there's a lot more involved. I think the travel, the preparation, the Churchill Downs, if the horse gets here, you know, that kind of stuff. I think there's a lot, lot more involved than you're. I think, you're, I think you're, all you're, that's I think predetermined. It's all predetermined. He's not they saying can, a Bob's bar. It's all. It's all very way different. too many variables for that all to be the case. <laughs> you're just so. poking the bear here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move on. We did have some racing last week that I guess we should talk about. We're going to talk first about Luna Bell, who was very, very dominant in the Beyond the Wire. Let's take a look real quick at this stretch call. And Luna Bell for home, a quarter of a mile to the second wire finish. The outside, Candy Light. Luna Bell, two and a half from Candy Light. Luna Bell, Candy Light on the outside. Luna Bell trying to finish off the job. Luna Bell comes now with a furlong with a half left to go. Has the lead under Dennis Rujo by about three lengths from Candy Light. Luna Bell, she's simply pouring it on and turning them all back. Luna Bell, a 16th left to go. And another stakes win for Luna Bell. This Maryland bred filly is something else. Luna Bell from Candy Light. Where did we get that replay from? Like there was a filter, like an old timey filter on there or something like that. Like what's going on with like? No, the that's just lines? Dave Rodman. I think that's just you to a very special. I was, I was looking at the video though, not the not the sound. You know? <laughs> no, everything from Maryland looks yellow. I think okay. It's the track. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Any thoughts on Luna Bell's performance there, Louis? Reminds me of Australasia. If people remember that horse last year, she came up through the Louisiana circuit. Um, this is a, a Maryland bred coming up through the Maryland circuit. It, it, they could just leave her there and she could win a half million dollars the next like two, three years. And I mean, that's a fine way to live and make money, do all those things. But I think there are going to be opportunities for her to ship and winning grade threes and grade twos, that kind of thing. Australasia ended up winning a grade either three or two at Belmont after that. And so it's not as though, uh, she didn't have the ability. She just happened to be in Louisiana where, I mean, she just went off at two to five owners didn't care, paying the bills, like, you know, doing the thing. And so at some point, Luna Bell's going to have to make a decision on that. If I'm then, frankly, I, I wait because the, uh, the black eyed Susan is still great too in Maryland. And if she's good enough to win that, then why not leave her there? It's still a, I think it's a quarter million dollar race. I mean, it's good. It's good enough. And um, she wins that. Then you look at the Saratoga meet, you look at Monmouth or something like that and see, take your shots. All right. Mm-hmm. Megan, any thoughts? Yeah. No, agree with Louie. All right. Well, there we go. Then let's go to the Tessio and see Shake Em Loose. Oh, I'm sorry. Shake Em Loose wins the private terms, which right. is leading up to the Tessio. I apologize. There let's watch Shake Em Loose. Shake them loose. Shake them loose with Joe looming up on the outside of the center of the track. Here comes Joe. Joe on the outside and shake them loose. Joe trying to get straightened up, shifted in just a little bit. Shake them loose has got the advantage. One furlong left to go. A two-length lead on Joe who's trying to reach on the outside. Shake them loose. Joe second, a 16th left. Shake them loose and Charlie Marquez. Shake them loose in the private terms to win by two. All right, there was a... What are you laughing at, Louie? That horse diagonaled in every possible direction down the stretch, just, just serpentine down the stretch. You know stretch. why? Because Man. it's exhausted. Those yes. horses look like they were climbing. <laughs> they were yeah. so slow. You were talking about old-timey filter. How about is it being played in slow motion? I mean, yeah. just... Bad. And the horse switched off leads, finished on the wrong lead, which would be the left lead in the stretch. And it just, to me, looked like a bunch of slow and tired horses. I if mean, you, it's a win. A win is a win is a win, right? But also, 100%. like, the race was what it was. He'll be a Maryland so it wasn't a grade one race. And, right. 100%. And, uh, That's where we draw the line. And <laughs> he'll go to the Tessio, and he might win it. And it's why the Tessio, if you've, ever, if you've never looked, is a terrific predictor for who won't win the Preakness. <laughs> um, and you just saw the reason because that's the prep for the Tessio. And there you go. Yeah. That, that uh-huh. video reminded me of doing the video work for the Sunland Derby coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's kind of right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, before we go on too far, Megan had an eventful weekend. And I don't know if I, you can see this or not, Megan, but I posted it to my daughter and she says she wants the black one. So uh, <laughs> Megan has continued her as Dr. Quinn animal midwife i don't know what <laughs> she, she doesn't is. know that reference she I doesn't know, know that dr reference. quinn no. <laughs> there it is Hashtag if i want to be some sissy kids <laughs> this is a heavy drinking already 50 yeah, already Back in uh, no she's not so uh how was the birthing experience for the mama goat 
Um, it was good. It was her first time. Usually for the first time, I only drop one, but she decided to be an overachiever and uh, two. And when I say drop, I mean, she had no idea what she was doing. So she did it standing up and it just fell out. Both All right. of them. So yeah, it was good. They, they survived. <laughs> so they're both doing fine. They're very tiny. They're only like, I don't know, not even a foot long or tall. They're just very small. So Nia was a black one. There you go. He's uh, or they're both girls, actually. I should say. So right. uh, yeah, they're pretty cute. Pretty cute. So those will be leaving you soon-ish. Then I assume. I like to people pull them and bottle feed them so that they're like really friendly with humans. But I like to leave them on their mama for at least two months just so that they're healthy. Yeah. And then you can pull them or bottle feed them or start weaning. But they like the ones that I have now that are just over a month are like eating grain like everybody else. So. Seems yep. like they'll be probably ready to go. I've got a boy and a girl also. If anybody out there is interested in buying goats. What's your goat. update on uh, – I'm not buying it, but if you want to give me a goat. No, <laughs> I mean, I'll give you a goat, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't – I heard they're high maintenance, so. They're not yeah. high maintenance. You just need two. They're just yeah. they're herd animals. They're like Compared horses, to Louie, so. how high maintenance are they? Much lower. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, how's your horse? Oh, Bob, very good. Um, he got his feet trimmed this week. So horses uh, need their feet trimmed like every six to eight weeks. Uh, their fingernails, their hooves grow like our fingernails do. And um, he was neglected for a long time. So he had very, very, very long feet, which is very uncomfortable and unhealthy for a horse. He looks so like, you like uh, Jackie Joyner Kersey. Don't know who that is. What that too is. young. But put it back up, Jamie. Oh, good God, we don't <laughs> drink. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are. Yeah, so that's happening. Uh, and then he got his teeth done, which I got a video of the vet doing too. Which I'll I'll post that on um, on uh, on Twitter there, All which right. is pretty cool. So teeth and his feet doing good, gaining some weight. Yep, feeling good Cal- about it. You're on you're on a condo on the beach two two years ago. So are we yep. like? nearing intervention here megan like where are you with all of this and i mean do i mean what do you mean <laughs> like it, is your life too goat centric like do we need to have a conversation like should i get more horses all right we're gonna go on because this is exciting we are 100 point races are here mm-hmm. you know so we're gonna <laughs> kick it off we're gonna go out to the fairgrounds uh, and talk a little bit about the big day going on out there. We're gonna we got four grade twos we're gonna talk about to give you a pick for, and it's gonna it's going to uh, end with the Louisiana Derby. But we're gonna start out with the grade two New Orleans Classic, which is a mile and eighth on the dirt for four year olds and up, half million dollars on the line. Let's go with Megan. Who do you like here? Well, Megan? you're gonna have to wait just a second because my annotate let's app go, just crashed. Let's go with Louis. So. Louis, what do you think? <laughs> uh, so oh, I got it back. <laughs> I tried to find a reason to beat the two Olympiad who's eight to five here, but one thing really stands out. He's the only runner in the group that really wants to be out front and is essentially the lone speed. So I think you look at this race one of two ways. You either trust his recent form and single him, or you grab everybody because there's only six horses in this race. If you want another horse, I would suggest the one promise keeper who's uh, Pletcher trained, lightly raced, four-year-old son of constitution. Uh, second off the layoff here, uh, winner of the grade three Peter Pan last uh, May at Belmont. So Pletcher is 30% second off. So I think that's the obvious next choice. And then I think a possible big upset here is the sixth chess chief who's coming out of the Pegasus World Cup and won the tenacious in December at Fairgrounds. A late closer, going to have the full nine furlongs to chase the group. So if you're looking for a longer price there, chess chief might be it. The five proxy came back off a huge layout very, very recently and um, won last time out, and uh, but has never performed well in graded company. <laughs> Ran a very nice minute 42 mile and a 16th last time out. So that's an includable horse if you wanted another one uh, to chase Olympiad. And then finally, the four happy American finished right next to Chess Chief in that race in the Tenacious. So uh, no doubt about his chances either. So I'm, I'm singling the two, but if you wanted the other horses, I have them in order one, six, five, and four. Disagree. Uh, so I think proxy actually has run very well in graded stakes has not won, but finished a very, very good second two times to midnight bourbon and mandaloon, uh, in the past, it, or rather, I think that was in, yeah, right here at fairgrounds, uh, back in January and February of last year. 
the only times that this horse has not won, uh, or rather had a bad performance, I should say, which was in the Lexington, the grade three, which was a very sloppy track that day. And then also the Louisiana Derby were blinkers both times. To be fair, did finish fourth beaten by three in Louisiana Derby. So it wasn't, you know, beaten by six, like it was in the Lexington. Um, come back, came back in an easy prep race, not allowance race, uh, won easily that day. Those two races I mentioned too, in the Lexington and Louisiana Derby, this horse was wearing blinkers. They did not use those again. Those were the only two races. Um, so I think that's an excuse there. Every time this horse has won, it's been on Lasix, will run with Lasix. Um, so at five to two to try to beat Olympiad, I absolutely think this is your horse. Mike Sidham is very capable of this. Uh, I like that Brian Hernandez has already had a ride on this horse. It seems like just everything is moving in the right direction. I would agree with you on Promise Keeper as a second choice for me. I think this horse is prepped really well. So I can start off the layoff there, finished uh, fourth, I think. I'm gambling, sorry. sorry. Gambling, gambling, sorry, sorry. All right, all right. Nice, it's nice. Uh, right. So I think that horse can come back here. I, I put the two Olympiad third in my picks, and I included super stock as a possible value play mm. because second up seems to work for him. This is a horse that – Who's this uh, trainer, Megan? Steve Asmussen with two Z's. Ah, all right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think coming back off that, my now, is that now a drinking role? Asmussen. Yeah, if we every single time we say Asmussen, if we say that we drink every time, oh, it's going to be yep. a long, long it's year. It's going to be right. yep, hundred percent. Uh, I don't know what to do with Chess Chief. I feel the same about mm. Chess Chief as I do with Super Stock. To be fair, he's run up against some very good horses. Life is good. Yep. Nick's go. Maxfield, yep. Maxfield, Maxfield, Maxfield. <laughs> but he has won five out of ten races in his career, and. You know, when he hasn't been in against that type of company, he does really well. I don't think there's a Maxfield or a life is good in this race. So no, it sure. does set up better for him. But yeah, but also, he is, he's also 90 years old. He's, he's <laughs> he also the defending horse, champion yeah. of this race. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm a Chess uh, Chief fan. I've always liked Chess Chief. There's so. quite a few closers in here. And this seems to me like another kind of Dallas Stewart horse that comes from behind and doesn't get there you know he just runs a lot of second and thirds to be fair he's made over eight hundred thousand dollars doing that so it's worked really well but i'd include him in like my super mm. maybe try but probably okay. super but i don't know that he's a top two pick for me all right so then we're going to move on and this is this is i don't know what we're going to call it but when i give very interesting facts about a race and background i don't know what are what are we going to call this would you say it was big fudge what did you want to call it louie well, oh, uh, I thought it was either that or the Big Fudge background. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. So this is it. Okay. So this is the Munez Big, Big Fudge Memorial background Classic. facts. How about that? The BFBF. Yeah. <laughs> BFBF. The, the Munez like Memorial it. Classic, which of course is named after child star Frankie Munez, who Megan, who was Frankie Munez. <laughs> you should get this reference. Those shows on the what shows Disney Channel. I don't remember. I don't remember. Home Alone. Can you no, repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. Malcolm you Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Don't know you don't what know what you're talking about. Oh I mean, like, God. I've heard of it. but Well, it was not named after Frankie Muniz. <laughs> and since this is a memorial classic, I'd feel bad in uh, besmirching the, the good <laughs> so name all of, of that was just so unnecessary. <laughs> Mervin, Mervin okay. H. Muniz yeah. Jr., who was the longtime racing secretary for Fairgrounds, mm -hmm. who died in oh. 2003. This race was originally known as the explosive bid handicap and explosive bid is what i did in the toilet earlier this today sure. but uh <laughs> i'm laughing now, at megan and not at mike there uh-huh oh, we'll no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh last year winner of this race louis who was it of the muniz this is just in general four years and up i'm gonna go ooh, ooh, Field no, no. Um, <laughs> Louis guy. No, Louis guy won this won this race in 2019. Though so. <laughs> Rick and Mortar has won this thing, right? Rick and Mortar won in 2019. Yeah, um, Last year was Colonel Liam. Oh, so, okay. Oh, okay. So this is it, usually a, a pretty good. Race. Yeah, yeah Arklow finished second in this race. Zula Alpha came in third in that same year. I mean, this is mm -hmm. this is a race yeah. that kind of gets some stuff going. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Megan, do you want to go first on this one? Sure. All right. Who do you uh, 
I like the nine at seven to two Santon for Brendan Walsh and Tyler Gaffleone. I think that was a pretty good prep race to come back into this in the uh, fairgrounds, a grade three last time, the mile and eighth on the turf, finished fourth, beaten by half a length as the favorite, just kind of missed. This horse is a little bit of a heartbreaker because of that reason that he kind of waits towards the end to make his, uh, his run, but he's came so close to winning a grade one. I think he's a super classy horse. He's just trying to get, you know, his day in the sun and, uh, Although he hasn't won a, a graded stakes yet, I think he's certainly of that type. So I definitely like that horse, especially since you've got a heavy favorite in here, likely with Sacred Life, who I also like for Chad Brown. They both have a similar running style, though, so you're going to have to try to look for some speed in here. And I think that's going to come from Cavalry Charge or 40 Under. Um, but most of the horses that I kind of had in my top selections were uh, closer types. I did give the three a look. Deva Mani, I believe, the French bread gelding, who stays a little bit closer to the pace, but he's by no means, you know, a leader from gate to wire. So this is going to be interesting from a pace perspective because there's a lot of horses that are going to be doing some late running in here. I really want to make a, uh, a Mel Brooks reference on Deva Mani, but I didn't think she would get the history of the world. It's part enough two, already. Right? I mean, good no. God, it's enough already. Deva Monet. <laughs> So uh, my notes say blah, 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 Chad Brown, blah, 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 Brendan Walsh. Um, So there you go. It's a big boy. To be fair, there uh, are two Chad Browns in here. Two Chad Browns. And I'm going to talk about both of them. Why why Um, do they got their freaking middle initials on the, I mean, come on. What I mean, Chad C. Brown and, you know, know, dumb. That's a weird thing to be angry about. Uh, The morning line (laughs) favorite here is the two sacred life. Who has finished in the top two 15 times in 24 runs, has run against Raging Bull, something like a hot brown, and what I consider to be the finest grass horse of the last 50 years, Field Pass. And so if you wanted to shorten up, it would be with that seven-year-old Ridgeling, uh, Sacred Life, who, as I mentioned, ran against Field Pass. Um, the three, Devamani, is the other brown um, and is in every other type. Last four races, win, fourth, win, sixth. This is the... Win leg of that sequence includes a grade two and a grade three win. Uh, a tested horse second off the layoff, so that's an include as well. I agree with Megan. You have to have this nine Santon in here with Tyler aboard, especially second off the layoff. Nearly won the grade one Hollywood Derby in November. Uh, missed a win in the fairgrounds and a blanket finish last time out. That was really actually a very fun race. That's an include. I'm going to take a local horse too. Brian Hernandez Jr. is on the four cavalry charge. Coming in off a decent freshening. Three wins last four times out and a really tough runner. I am two, three, nine, and four in the Munis. <laughs> well, right, and so Cavalry Charge was the horse to beat um, a few in here that were in yeah. that uh, grade three race last time out. And, and you know, he did it essentially gate to wire. So he just kind of, they didn't He's going to be the horse ride by Brian. I, because there are, you know, quite a few horses from that race in here, I don't expect that to be the case, that they're going to let him sneak away on the front end again. I think there's probably going to be a little bit more pace pressure, but we've said that before with some other horses, right. and then they've just done it all over again, right? It's like, I'm not saying this is a, a Latruska by any means, right, with speed, but you can't let those front-runner horses get away with it. And oh. so if they saw him do that last time and they, they let him get away and, you know, just kind of run up there and nobody makes a bid and he runs the slow fractions on the front end, you can't close on that type of a pace. So it'll be interesting to see how the pace develops because of the, the last race that a few of these horses in was so devoid of speed. We're going to move on to the uh, Fairground Oaks, which is the grade two Fairground Oaks, and it's for 100 points for the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, Echo Zulu, the heavy favorite here. Louie, who do you like in this race? I Okay, she's either a superstar or a total wild card coming back. I, this is her chance to say not so fast, my friends, to all of these secret oath folks who are so convinced that there's only one horse in the Oaks. Um, if she returns to that autumn form that we've seen, obviously that's it. She's an obviously she's an obvious include, excuse me, if you trust that layoff form. Nothing about the workouts suggests she isn't ready. I think she looks ready according to the workouts. But if you were to going to try to get a price, this is where you would avoid the favorite in this sequence, I think. And so, because uh, I think a lot of people are going to single in race 11. Do you in have my, an official Oaks rankings right now, by the way? Uh, mine will be up tomorrow. I will have a Derby and Oaks rankings up at ESPNLouisville.com. So okay. everyone can go find them there. Uh, find them there. Look at you. Like, um, so like hoity toity now, like, you know, big time. As a tie on. Um, listen, you did two, two morning shows and you think. Yeah, like, settle you know, down. Anyway, so I went uh, one, two, six, and four in my ABR picks uh, for this one. So obviously I landed on Echo Zulu. The problem is if you include her, you have to exclude 
all other and longer tickets. So you're just throwing money away if you include others. Now, if you go against her, I think there are three horses you use. Some combination of Turner Loose, Hidden Connection, or Burn Up Breezy. And so Hidden Connection is a cautionary tale for assuming Echo Zulu will simply bounce back to her form. She won the Pocahontas in September at Churchill Downs, but hasn't touched that form since. Rem uh, Mike and I remember we uh, we were sitting by the Vequist folks at uh, Breeders' Cup. Vequist wins the Breeders' Cup the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, comes back in the spring, isn't the same horse. Took the same exact kind of path that Echo Zulu is taking to get here. Um, I think that you're better off guessing that Hidden Connection and Echo Zulu will exhaust each other on the front and that a horse like Turner Loose or Bird Breezy will pick up the pieces. I did go one, two, six, and four, but if you wanted to go against, use those closers, the six and the four. MD? I think you likely single Echo Zulu. Um, sure. I think if you were... You know, uh, I I will probably single Echo Zulu. The other two horses I looked at were Turner Loose because she has the, you know, the grade two win last time out right here at Fairgrounds. But I also really like the three favor, who oh, nice. I think is an up and coming filly. And yeah. um, at eight to one as well, you get some good value. Her only bad effort, let's call it, was at Aqueduct and it was going six and a half furlongs. But since they've let her go around a ground at a mile at Goldstream Park, she's won by three and four lengths very, very easily. Um, and so the fact that she kind of performed like that with the more distance, I'm not afraid of the mile and a 16th. I'm not afraid of a mile and an eighth for her. And I think she certainly bred to go that distance. This is a, a half a million dollar purchase from the Fazic Tipton select sale, which is yeah. a sale up at Saratoga, um, which some very, very, very good horses come from. I think American Pharaoh was sold there too. Um, so I think that she is the horse to pull the upset in here likely um, if it's not echo Zulu. So I'll, I'll likely single, you know, in some of the longer tickets to, uh, or I'm sorry, in some of the, the, you know, if I need to save money, but if I have the opportunity to add some others with my budget, then I would, I would include favor. All right. So we're going to move on to the main event, which is the Louisiana Derby. And of course we have epicenter in this race, Megan. I'm, I can't remember who won this race last year. It wasn't King Guillermo. <laughs> it was not King Guillermo. It was better. It was Hot Rod Charlie. Hot That's Rod Charlie, you. your man. All right. Your so uh, we're going to rename this the Hot Rod Charlie Stakes. Agreed. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so moved. Okay. So moved. Uh, the, one of the three horses that come in first, second, or third here is likely to hit the board in the Kentucky Derby. That usually happens, I feel like. So uh, who do we like in this one, Megan? Besides Epicenter. Uh, obviously, Epicenter. <laughs> this is also a possible single race. I think Epicenter is absolutely the horse to beat in here. I keep waiting for Rattle and Roll to come back and show us right. what he did in the Breeders' Futurity. So I guess I'm just going to die on that hill um, at 6-1. to one. You know, I don't know what happened last time at in the Fountain of Youth. That was I really thought he was going to have a big performance that day, and he just did absolutely nothing <laughs> so i don't know if it was the layoff and he needed that race or whatever it does seem like they have really picked it up uh and i don't know if the track was just fast or if this horse was just blazing and they were trying to get some serious air in as long as because february uh 19th leading up to that race actually the fountain of youth he had a, a 59 and 3 workout then he went a 58 and 3 over five furlongs Obviously, then he had the Fountain of Youth race, and then he's come back, and he ran a 58-4 and four, um, at Goldstream to prepare for this. So they've, they've really been trying to get the fitness um, into this horse that he needs. And I will say, you know, a lot – some horses can't get that same race fitness out of the mornings. You can't – they're just they're not competitive. They don't use themselves in the same way. So you kind of have to just – have a race where maybe they don't perform their best, but at least mm. it, it goes a little bit faster. They breathe a little bit harder and they come back and next time out, they're ready to go. I mean, that could very well be the case with this horse is that he's just not a good morning worker and he needs mm. to be in something in the afternoon. So if that's the case, I think rattle and roll comes back here. Um, and then the two horse Zozos hasn't done anything wrong yet, but obviously hasn't been a great estate company for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux won by 10 last time at Oakland park in a, um, pretty high level allowance race. So he's an interesting one. And I, I don't know if we mentioned it the last time when we talked about Galt, but he is in fact a full sibling to the uh, $4 million winner songbird over there right. for Belmont and junior Alvarado. I'm actually going to go with the Zozo's up upset here. I, I okay. think that's a, I think that's a good pick because <clears throat> one of two things is going to happen here. This is the Preakness distance, a mile and three sixteenths. We're going, this is a legit 
of all the preps, this is the longest um, mm-hmm. that we have on the on the, all the cards. And this is a perfect spot for Epicenter to show that Derby winning style. Get out front, stay out front, right? And on display and tested this Saturday, I'm sure. Um, workouts follow that typical Asmussen style. A very hard five furlong Asmussen. workout. Sorry, Asmussen. Asmussen. <laughs> Uh, followed by a slower four for longer. <laughs> and he's following all of it. He looks like a single in this group. I agree with Megan. Uh, in my ABR picks, I had to have two other horses. Uh, I put Pioneer Medina second here uh, just because it's a Pletcher. I always trust Pletcher on the Derby trail. And a hug with that epicenter last time trailed off at the end. I think he'll try more of a mid-pack trip this time around, and with especially with the added distance. And so see if that helps him out. I totally agree about Zozos. I think it's a really interesting newcomer. Uh, I do like that 10 lake victory at Oakland Park as well. A minute 44 over a mile and a 16th, um, over which he got stronger and stronger. By the way, the two horses right behind him in that race, is it Zozos that was in that race? We're fighting for second and ended up in a dead heat, and he yeah. still beat them by 10 legs. That's how fast that horse was going. And so if he can, if he can return to that or even get – improve as a three-year-old, whatever it might be. Um, I agree with Mike. There's a chance that he can uh, sneak in and at least get a piece, if, not, if nothing else. We haven't really seen that. I just want that. to confirm for everybody out there that Pioneer of Medina is, in fact, not related to Medina Spirit, just in case right. you were wondering. So, right. back-checking there. Especially since we haven't really had that this year with that, like, late-coming, you know, horse that we've typically had in the, in the past, you know, so... I think he Zozos could be it. So, oh, Unoho was that? I mean, we've had a couple. Uh, Lou, you got your pick four ticket ready to go. I don't know if uh, JD was able to put it. To, there it is. Oh yeah, he's he's good. <laughs> I'm playing it for five bucks because I'm going to try to single a bunch of favorites here. So, uh, starting in race nine, I'm going with the two, which Megan disagreed with me on. It's cool. Next race, uh, two, three, nine, <laughs> and then I'm going to single uh, Echo Zulu and um, an Epicenter coming in the last two. Play for five bucks. It's only a fifteen dollar ticket. And for you, uh, for those of you listening who really want more Hot Rod Charlie talk, <laughs> just stay tuned. It's coming. We got a little bit more coming at the end. Stay tuned. It's just, coming. Let's go. It's, a large, it's a large portion of our listeners for sure. Hot Rod Charlie. Life is good. Thanks. Zach the Box. Stay tuned. It's We're coming. Good. That's it. All right. Uh, Sunland Derby Day is going on. at, uh, And I know how much everyone loves the Sunland Derby this year. And they're just super excited about it. Uh, and we have a pick four that we're going to do here as well. Starting no, we're with... going to do two races from there. I've got Aren't four we? on my show sheet here. I'll, I'll, I'll quick pick them. Don't worry. Go ahead. Okay. Then let's start. Are we going to, you're going to quick pick the New Mexico Breeders Oaks? Yeah. Three. All right. Next race. <laughs> three. Belladonna. There you go. Next race <laughs> is the uh, Sunland Park Oaks. Louis, quick pick it. Uh, oh, this, this is 50 points. Oh, no, 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 off the uh, rails. So this is a this is a race where you either trust the shipper quality or you spread like crazy. And so, I, Megan, I'd love to hear from you. So this is Steve as <laughs> uh, uh, Um, how well the six optionality is going right now? But if you like her races before she ran into Secret Oath, then she's the horse for you. The other major I- shipper here is the Eight Queen of Thorns, shipping from Los Angeles with Trader Peter Ertens, who's won for his last thirty stakes. Um, so Megan, how do you feel about optionality? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't think it's uh trust the shippers. I think you trust Steve Asmussen who also does very well Asmussen. here. I mean, he, at, ugh, it's never going to happen. Asmussen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You're so disappointed. I love it. <laughs> how long do you think, do you, will Steve Asmussen know that his name is a drinking game on our show before the Kentucky Derby? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I will tell his assistants. Okay, that great. I know very well. <laughs> he'll love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. Um, maybe we can have him come on. Then the he'll show like he'll like yeah. shake up his hair. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. And it'll be a thing. Yeah, right. He can have be the like second best chair. What if it was show. a mullet? Oh my god. <laughs> it's already beautiful. We don't need to mess it up. Yeah. No. I I think Louis said it. I mean, there is no secret oath in here. So I <laughs> think her her other races were pretty okay while i while i wouldn't usually say oh yeah those races from you know zia park and remington are good enough to beat this field i don't really think it's a very good field so i think that that's probably the case i mean i i don't know queen of thorns hasn't won at a route of ground she lost by 13 lengths when going a mile for the first time yes it was um how do we say that horse's name a dare manor was it right yeah Bafford horse uh-huh 
but also it just wasn't a very good effort. And I don't think it was a very good race besides that horse, right? Like who did she beat behind her? Behind her. So I think that people are going to really play queen of thorns because it's a California shipper. It's an unknown, whatever. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be optionality and like a local horse. So take your pick. I agree with Megan. And I think if you want to look to a local, I would look at the 10 Miss Hard Knocks, who's won three straight. No trouble going from a sprinter out last time at a listed stakes. Or the nine Marinelli, broker maiden at Santa Anita, actually, then shipped in for the most recent, uh, uh, the Island Fashion Stakes, uh, finishing a close second behind Miss Hard Knocks. So if you wanted either of those, I actually agree with Megan here. I've got optionality on top of that. I've got those two local horses in second and third, six, ten, and nine. <laughs> maybe maybe you like key and exactive. Honestly, I mean, maybe that's how you play this race. You key the six horse and then you use like a lot of the bigger shots behind it. I don't know. I just, it seems to me like it is, it's just a disappointing race overall. So I think it's optionality, but I don't think optionality is like a great horse. You know what I mean? So sure. for our listeners, not our watchers, or uh, JD put up a, a new drinking rule that if Louis picks a Louis picks a horse who broke his ma- her, her maiden at uh, Indiana Grand drink, yeah, right. yeah, so okay. Um, okay. that was Santa Anita. That's Santa- fair. It's fair. <laughs> that, that is fair. Um, I also don't understand why any of these Sunland races are getting fifty points or anything, but um, that's just me. All right, so the New Mexico well, we've got hundred point races on synthetic, so who knows. Well, that you you know how I feel about that, Louis. Your quick yeah. pick on the uh, New Mexico Breeders Derby. Yeah, so this is um, I, quick, I learned something about New Mexico racing. They <laughs> geld all of the males, all of them. Every single horse in this race. <laughs> yeah, is when have you all had a them. New Mexico bred sire stallion? I mean, all of them. What else are you going to do with them? Without deep research, here are the ones with the best recent results: the five, nine, three, and ten. Let's there it go. is. All right. Well, I mean. Todd, Todd Fincher also puts blinkers on every single one of his horses. He's a leading <laughs> trainer, and I'm not kidding you. And they're the so same color blinkers. And they're the same color blinkers. And last year in this race, he had the top six finishers, and them coming around the turn with the six same blinkers had to drive the track announcer absolutely bonkers. There it is. How many uh, does he have in this one? Four? One. Now, even though JD just spoke without without being spoken to, we'll let him go ahead and do his producer's pick. <laughs> oh my god! J- JD's producer's pick for the Sunland Derby. Let's get it. The Sunland Park Derby, Sunland Park, New Mexico, on Sunday. Someone will earn their ticket to the Kentucky Derby, and I think it could be the Seven Chrome King. As we look at the contender for. Trainer Miguel Hernandez. This is the StarTech Stakes back on February 18th at Turf Paradise. The horse wearing the two saddlecloth white cap on the rail is going to finish strong here. Actually going to finish second to Mongolian memory and put up uh, the four. Took out a lot of runners in this race. But seven and a half furlong race on turf. Two-turn race. Lots of clothes from Chrome King. And that sets up here the Turf Paradise Derby on March 11th. The one horse, Red Cap, on the outside is Chrome King. And this horse is going to close a lot of ground late. We'll let Craig Braddock take the horse home. Drafted up now on Phineas into the lead. We're a furlong to go from Michelle Flats in second. Mongolia memory third. Chrome King is flying home on the outside. On the outside, Chrome King now into the lead. Chrome King and Enrique Garcia in an upset in the turf paradise derby. When you do the homework for the Sunland Park Derby, you will see a lot of leg-weary horses, especially the top contenders. Going a mile and an eighth, I think this will suit the new closing style from Chrome King, and he has a big chance to spring the upset at 15-1. to Good luck in all your wagering endeavors. All right, so there it is. That was the, uh, the pick there by JD. Now it's time for Louie and Megan to chime in. Or Derby. Who goes first? Uh, let's let Megan go first. Uh, classic moment for Steve Asmussen and His name is Casual Moment. <laughs> is that what we're doing now? Yeah. Casual <laughs> okay, moment. That's, that's fair. Um, they've had this horse down at Houston, where uh, I believe is Steve's home track. I think his family actually lives down there, and he obviously travels quite a bit. Um, up here to Kentucky and New York and wherever else he has horses, Oakland. 
when he needs to. But um, I, I think the fact that they're giving Joe Rosario the ride on this one, Luis Negron was on last time and is swipping, switching over to um, Costa Terra. So who's at eight to one? I think they like this horse a little bit better. I, I like the fact that this one is a bit of a front running style um, in the better races, at least in his career. So I've got the two, the four slow down Andy with the blinkers on. He did run into Messier two races back and actually beat him. So that's good for him. He is a Calbred. Uh, last time in the Risen Star, he finished six nowhere, beaten by 10 lengths. They're going to try the blinkers on this horse. But I, I don't know that I am convinced by the – I don't know. I, I think I don't know that it was he was great to beat Messier or Messier had something wrong that he to, – to lose. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So – I don't it's know. It's Lasalle. It's weird turns. It's, and, exactly. Yeah, and before yeah. that, it was Calbred races, and they were sprints, and then he failed in the Risen Star. So, I mean, to be fair, Doug O'Neill is 15% second start off the layoff. So that's, you know, a good move for that barn with blinkers on. He wins it um, first time blinkers, I think 18%, blinkers on 13%, which is just okay. But I don't know. I, I don't know that I can put him on top. And then, um, who's the other horse in here? Straight up G is interesting because. He's a Calbred too, and he's shipping over, but he's been able to win or finish in very good places. He finished second by a neck two races back uh, in quite a few starts. But last time he had Lasix, and those other races were Calbred races. I don't know. He did beat Classic Moment, who I liked, but I'm just not sure what to do with him either. So I think Straight Up G and Classic Moment are probably going to be the two horses that I land on, but I'm, I am trying to figure out what to do with Slow Down Andy. <coughs> And we have had a Derby winner come out of the Sutherland Derby, so let's not forget that. But with my effort, yeah, my effort, who did, yeah. who came in fourth in that race. So, uh, mm -hmm. Louis, hey Megan, uh, is this a Grade Three? No. <laughs> right. So I think it's rife then for an upset. Absolutely um, not. Yeah. So and, and so I, I, I don't hate JD's pick at all. I don't know why he thought we weren't going to like it. I think it's totally fine. I love the, I always <laughs> love the added distance angle. I love that angle. Um, and so, yeah, Chrome King's fine. Um, why not Bye Bye Bobby, who finished right behind Straight Up G? Can that horse last few times out? List of stakes ran second. Um, those times, a minute 42 over a mile and 16th is really fast. Mm -hmm. um, and they they did that at uh, Sunland. So I'm going to go with the local horse in this one and, and try to beat the shippers. Arkansas leads Gonzaga by six with eight thirty-two left to go. I think that's fair, game. Louis. I agree with you on the local horse. Bye bye, Bobby is is definitely the good local horse. I think. All right, uh, let's move on to the Middle East. <laughs> Said no one from New Mexico to, <laughs> to the Middle East to one desert, desert to hole desert. to another one. Hey, uh, uh, by the way, disclaimer before we get going on the Middle East. I don't know how to read these PPs or compare these horses, so I'm going to stand here and look. Well, I was going to actually ask that question. I want to yeah. know, like, well, I want to get fine. some tip. I mean, I, I also probably will never bet anything on the Arabian Peninsula, like you. Sure, but let's. Yeah. I mean, Megan, like, what's the trick to handicapping over there? Like, you've been over. You've actually physically been there, right? So, I mean, right? Yeah, I, I went last year. Um, I mean, it's easy when they condense them. I think in the daily racing form, the thing that's confusing is that. And JD can probably speak to this too because he does a lot of international stuff. You have your barrier draw, and then you have your like saddle towel number. So in the daily racing form, like in the first race, which is an Arabian race, by the way, uh, Arabian horse race, um, the 15 is technically coming out of post position one. So that's something to know, which I think a lot of people don't. And in some places, JD, isn't it by rating like? based off of like in Australia, different classes, like that's how they're kind of weighted. Yeah. It's by, yeah, basically they're, they're listed by, you know, high weight based on rating and that sort of thing. So yeah, even if yeah. you pull most of the places where you can actually get PPs for this race, um, they're going to be listed in, um, in barrier order, not saddle cloth order. So one right. resource I'll, I'll give to, and a shout to Louie on this is, you know, at least it's the same scale, but Timeform US does have it, and they use obviously Timeform and Timeform US are different companies, but they use the same scale, so it's the right. same barometer. That mm -hmm. so when you when you get comparative ratings, you can actually tell. Okay, this is a Timeform US rating and a Timeform ring. They're supposed to match. It's not perfect science, obviously, because they're even owned by two separate companies, but they're mm -hmm. using the same scale, so that that might help you in in uh, these sort of uh, handicapping endeavors in the future. 
Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, it's the same thing too. You can see in the past performances, like it does have grade three, grade one, grade two, mm -hmm. et cetera. And obviously just like here, some of those are better races than the others. It tells you the distance, tells you the, the surface, um, tells you left hand, right hand straight, uh, which is important because a lot of those tracks are different configurations. Um, so I don't know, I guess, and a lot of the times you have comment notes, it depends on where they come from. Like you don't have them for the Japanese horses a lot of the time, or I think for Saudi, but, uh, if there's any races in like Ireland, England, I thought they did it in Dubai races, but I, I gotta, mm. yeah, they do. You'll have, um, you know, notes like tracked leader, whatever made a big run at the end or something. So you can kind of figure out what the pace scenario is going to be based off of reading those. Okay. And, I, uh... and really detailed, like all like Azure Coast, like all of this is the is the running line comment that you can get. Completed the hat trick after eight weeks off, remained remaining unbeaten in the process, although he did get the perfect setup for his late running style. Soon detached, headway home turn, stayed on straight, led final one hundred yards, suited by the strong pace. He won't always find circumstances as favorable. That's that's the whole <laughs> comment. A whole and America you get like eleven letters and bumped yeah. out, <laughs> bumped much. out. Tired, <laughs> like it's like yeah. 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 Tired, no, none, none of the vows are there. Yeah, stretch out. Uh, yeah. So let's go on to the UAE Derby, which is the most pointless hundred-point race besides the uh, the Jeffrey Beast. But uh, you know, who do we like here, Megan? Since this is you, or let's go, can we go JD. I, I I'm going to go JD first. JD, who do you like in this one? That is a good. Other. No, I'm okay. I, I'm here. I was right. uh, getting something else ready and was not on the uh, not on the mute button. So um, I actually like um, Rewa Hamari the 12. I'm not even there yet. Um, out of Japan, uh, 15 to one on the morning line. Uh, one that broke the maiden over dirt um, in Japan, and then uh, had a nice uh, performance at Hanshin, uh, going seven furlongs, stretching out obviously for the first time. Uh, but a lot of actually like turf route pedigree in the, uh, you know, that the horse has. And I just see a lot of like beefy dirt uh, kind of sprint types in this race. So I'm giving uh, a Japanese invader a shot here against uh, a lot of Kentucky bred horses. Megan. Uh, I think Pinehurst is a pretty serious contender. Obviously the favorite in here, I believe, right? Yeah. Three to one. So kind of a lukewarm favorite, but, uh, they're, they're all out of order with this. Okay. Um, I mean, this horse has done really nothing wrong. He ran up against Corniche in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which that horse took home the honors for top two-year-old male, I think it was. Uh, and then ran into Forbidden Kingdom and finished a decent second behind him. But Forbidden Kingdom, obviously, I would say probably the favorite for the Kentucky Derby at this point. Um, and then finished first very well in the um, Saudi Derby. So, I mean, you can't fault him for anything he's done thus far. You know, the one thing is, is that he seems to have done better at anything at a mile or below. So, you know, you're going to a mile and a 16th. We're going to stretch out a little bit further. Is he going to be able to get that? I think that's the question. It's the distance for him. But I also gave a look to Azure Coast, who I think JD just mentioned a, a minute ago, a Street Sense Colt, actually, who um, has raced in Moscow <laughs> in Russia and then two races here in Dubai. So, you know, a local horse, but um, he gets in. How did he, how did he do in Russia? Did he, did he bomb? He won by oh. six lengths. So he, yeah, there you go. The, uh, uh, I looked at, Go ahead, the only thing I'll add there is the the purse for that race was uh, twenty one hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing! It, it costs more to ship the horse there than actually with but today's exchange rate, it's think... like twenty one dollars. Yeah, <laughs> this is the kind of race though that I feel like if you know which JD's pick is fifteen to one, right? If Pinehurst doesn't win, it's going to be a total off the wall horse. I think to come and and sweep it. So. Uh, I even gave a look to the 13, who's another Japanese horse, I believe, um, finished second just behind Pinehurst and, and, you know, did pretty well at the end. My one thing is he's historically, I thought, been kind of better at right-hand turn races, which obviously this is not. And then the sixth horse I had on my notes there, who I can't find because it's just not listed in order, which is so annoying. Uh, who is that, JD? 
combustion. I don't know. Can't find the horse in the past yeah, performance. So is. there you go. Uh, oh, he comes off a win there in uh, Japan and Tokyo, and he's only finished first or second in all of his races. So there you go. And the Japanese just, horses have, have done very well. I'm very well. We saw them like, you know, make their name at the Breeders' Cup this year. I mean, it was a Absolutely. big deal, right? So, you know, obviously, and you have a lot of U.S. breeding too. I mean, this is the discreet cat. Cool. But I'm so. I'm just curious why they're not going the Japanese route to the Kentucky Derby, the Fukuraya the you mean? monies Money. here. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, and plus, I'm just telling you right now, at the one at the the number two horse in points in the Japan Road to the Kentucky Derby makes actually comes. That's who I'm betting on. It's over. Yeah. It's, it's who I'm picking. There you go. Conciliary. Okay. Conciliary is the Conciliary. name of the horse. Conciliary. I wonder if he's wartime. All right. So, um, do you get that reference, Megan? No. No. <laughs> it's the freaking greatest movie of all time, Megan. All right. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> Louie, did you want to add something there? Oh, hashtag I sure do. Hashtagging. Okay. I'm good. I, I knew that. Well, so I was going to say, no, hashtag Japanese celebrations. I need all of them at the racetrack. That's yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's, Let's go. I it's more them. feasible. We'll have a, a Japanese horse win the Derby before we ever have a horse come out of the UAE. Oh, sure. At this point, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. So let's move on to the Hot Rod Charlie Invitational. Yeah which some people are calling the Dubai World Cup. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lou, you want to have an opinion here or no? Nope. Nope. All right, Megan. Uh, Let's let JD go good. first. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> nope. Yes. Life, life is, is good, good by 100 million lengths. <laughs> Who will win the Classic this year. All right. Yeah. So that's that's just straight up. Life is good. Hot I mean. A second. Actually, yeah, Howard no. Hunt is 3-1, to one, right? So. Mm, this horse, yeah. Life is good wins. I put 9-3-5. Uh, as horses, if you were, you know, not just playing a, a straight one bet in here or singling, uh, I'm just midnight bourbon is another hill that I just re refuse to climb off of. So I, I, I don't know. I just, he's, he's just right there. Every time he keeps finishing second and third, his numbers are really good. I mean, they clearly like the horse enough to ship him all over the place. Um, I actually thought he ran, you know, a pretty decent effort last time. Obviously, Country Grammar was right there and did beat him. And it was kind of the battle between those two towards the end. And Midnight Bourbon came up just a little bit short. Uh, and Emblem Road came around out of nowhere. And it was really just those two horses. But I'm interested to see, you know, the different ride with Jose Ortiz. That was Joel Rosario. You know, is Jose going to be a little bit more patient and, you know, wait to use up everything that horse has until the very end? I, I don't know. So I'm, I like him there. The three horse is your man, right? Oh no, that's country grammar. No, five. Who's proven himself here? And then five hot rod Charlie. Yeah. Uh, JD, you got somebody here? Yeah, I, a couple things I want to mention. Obviously, I think life is good is ton the best here. Um, Grocer Jack is already scratched, so I will say uh, happy. Uh, Tom Marquand was on that ride. Uh, just got married this past weekend to Holly Doyle, so congratulations. Oh yeah, to that's them. right. Um, and then secondarily, Magni Coors. Um, this is a horse, and I'm not saying I like this horse, but this is an interesting path. So this is a $2 million winner um, who has just not shown up the last two. At seven years old, reported gelded as of yesterday. Mm. Um, I'm mm. really wanting to see if there's more to that story. I mean, this was a very talented turf horse, you know, won all over France, um, actually finished uh, third at the big race in Bahrain every year that's got just this gigantic purse for no apparent reason um but that's something interesting and, and gets William it's, Buick aboard uh, it's very interesting so uh the horse wouldn't obviously have been gelded yesterday it's just I believe what? it has to do with when the information comes out and when entries are taken because he would have been gelded between between the Saudi which is still not that long ago right between the yeah. Saudi Cup and now so I, I was more still... just saying it's it's a Godolphin runner that's won over two million dollars and they're gelding the horse at age seven. I wasn't right. saying yeah. that yesterday. Last year. No, 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 a hundred percent. I just for people that don't know, you know, just clarifying that that obviously is, and you know it's a pretty quick recovery thing. It, it doesn't take that long for them to kind of get back up to speed. But um, it took me about yeah, it I don't is, know, forty it hours. Is <laughs> that it takes a little longer yeah. for a racehorse? But okay, fair. Louis is ashamed of me. So. <laughs> Who is getting a phone call during it's the me. show? It's me. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's my alarm. 
I'm trying to set an alarm to like, no, I'm trying to like be good about not like going to bed at 10 and not having screens in in my face for the last hour. It's not going to, not going to end well tonight. That's not going to happen. So, but I'll eventually get there. I got yeah, 75 more notes out. about the Dubai World Cup here, right? So. No, I I actually capped the whole um, card because I didn't oh. look at the show sheet, obviously. And uh, so I have picks for every race, which obviously we're not going to go Do you have a long shot in another race that you really like? Megan's long shot. I mean, I think there's a lot of value, yeah. I Again, I'm, I'm going to bet Snapper Sinclair till I die. Uh, and who's at 13 to one? There's a nice. local horse in that nice race, that's in race two in the Godolphin Mile. Uh, the 12 horses in there, and that is, I think, the other Godolphin horse, or I'm sorry, the other Asmussen horse. No, Secret Ambition, five to one, and the three, it's never gonna happen, is Banquet, who's at 10 to one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I thought that I think the Alquaz sprint, which is the straight turf, is pretty chalky. I believe I went one, three, four, ten for anybody that's uh, taking any notes. And race five is are. the UAE Derby. We talked about that. The six uh, is always won by an American, pretty much. And I went two, three, thirteen, and ten. So drain the clock is the three horse in there, who's the Safi Joseph entry. Um, the two is Dr. Shrivel, trained by Mark Glatt, Flavian Pratt. So I think that one's probably going to be pretty chalky too, and would be very surprised if an American doesn't win it. Uh, the Dubai Turf, I went 2, 12, and 8. Uh, 12 is at 2 to 1, but the two horse in there is scrolling all the way to the bottom, Colonel Liam, who you're getting an unbelievable 7 to 1 price on, which I think is crazy. And That's then race number 8, yeah. which is the um, Shima Classic, the mile and a half on the turf, I went 14, 7, 4, and 1. And the 14 in there is uh, Yeber, who is at, yeah, Yabir, oh, who yeah. is at, um, Three to one, who had some success here in the states, but obviously has shown prowess and everywhere else he's run. My second choice there, pile driver Frankie Dettori's on. You're getting a fifteen to one price, so I think there's plenty of value to be had on a day like this. That was a great, uh, just quick pick rundown right there, Megan. Oh, that Thank was you. Awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bill Absolutely. Buick over under two and a half wins on the nine race card. <laughs> he'll, he'll win the Jockey Challenge, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you all got anything else? No. Let's pay the tab. Nope. Let's get out of here. Let's watch some basketball. Gonzaga's getting ready to go down. Turn Late it on. Pick three at Turfway. Let's go. <laughs> we'll we're going to pay the tab and get out of here. We'll see you next time. This has been Close the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Open all the doors and let you